0: good morning morning. so glad you chose to join us this morning Uh, whether you're here whether you're online we are so grateful to have you with us Uh, as jason said as rob said we are starting a new series that goes for the entire month And it is called Send Me. It's about helping us as a congregation take our next step in being the hands and feet of Jesus in our community and around the world. And that's our hope and prayer as we engage in this series is that that's what's going to happen. That we as a church will uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community and around the world. I love this quote. I wanted to start off with this quote by Rick Warren, who some have called is America's pastor. A lot of us are familiar with him he says this i believe that you can measure the health or strength of a church by its sending capacity rather than by its seating capacity i love that quote let me read it one more time to let it sink in for us i believe that you can measure the health or the strength of a church by its sending capacity rather than its seating capacity in other words we could fill this place, four services, every Sunday, boom and full, no room for anybody. But if all we do is come in here and consume, and it doesn't impact the way that we, have, we go out of here and influence the world around us, then ultimately it's for nothing. And so our hope is that we would truly be more and more ascending church. Jesus paints a picture of this for us in many ways but but one passage is Matthew 4:14 4, to 16. Familiar passage for a lot of us who have been in church for a while. Jesus says this, "You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house." In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus paints a picture that that our words and our actions should really represent Jesus in everything that we do. We should be reflecting the kingdom of God. Our actions should, should just be so evident to the world around us that our way of life is different that everyone can't ignore it that's nice in theory, I would say, but why don't we live that way, right? Why don't we actually live this principle out in our lives? And that's what I want to delve into this morning uh, with a little bit of my own personal examples, as well as looking at a story from the Bible, a story from the Old Testament book of Jonah, so if you're looking for the, the book of Jonah, if you've got, you got a hard copy of the Bible in front of you, you turn to the middle of the Bible, there's Psalms, then you go some major prophets after that, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, you'll find those guys after that. Then there's a bunch of minor prophets, short little books. Jonah's in the middle of that short little book, uh, or those short little books. Question though, before we even get into that, and this is just to test your, your knowledge, what is the book Of Jonah about? Let me just ask that to you right off the bat. What's the the book of Jonah about? Don't overthink it. What's it about? A whale. Anything else? Running away. Running away a whale? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing that pops into our minds, right, is a whale, a big fish, right? It's actually a, a, a lot more than just that, believe it or not. And uh, I love the story of Jonah. Some pastors have referred to it as kind of a comic book style story because everything in it is big and huge and like, whoa. And it's meant to shock us as we read it. We're supposed to look at it and go, this is crazy. And why in the world would this happen? And as we turn the pages, it only will take you 10 minutes to read the whole thing, so I'd encourage you sometime, just sit down and read the book of Jonah for 10 minutes. It's well worth your time. Um, And as you do that, you're going to notice some things. The people who are supposed to be the most opposed to God are the people who are most open to God. And the one person who's supposed to be the most open to God is actually the person most resistant to God's voice in the book. It's this struggle that we, as we read it, of one person's struggle to say yes to God in his life, and, the, and in the midst of all of that, get to the root of his own pride in the middle of it. Um, and as you read through the story of Jonah, you'll, you'll see this, this contrast, contrasts all over the place. One of the things that, that's mentioned in there is this town called Nineveh, if you've heard this story before, Nineveh is this town, right? Well, Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, and Nineveh was not, shall we say, a nice place. Uh, people who were conquered by the Assyrian Empire, this is kind of gross, so if you if. if I don't know, it's in the Bi- this part isn't in the Bible, but you know, the, the people, you got to get an understanding of where the people are coming from here, okay? So if you were conquered by the Assyrian Empire, they would get your leaders and they would actually skin them alive. That's how brutal these people were, right? And so Jonah is in contrast to this area called Nineveh, and we're going to see what happens in the pages of Scripture. Let's start it off in Jonah chapter 1, 1 through 4, says this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship. Bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went abroad and sailed for Tarshish to flee the Lord. Okay, doesn't start off on a good note for Jonah. Okay, so just, let's just admit that. Let me, let me show you a map, because for us, we're reading this, and we go, oh yeah, Tarshish, Nineveh, I don't know, where is that, like Pittsburgh, Penfield, what is that? Um, here, here's, here's a little bit of a map to, to, to show you what the deal is here. So, so see Jerusalem there over there on the right, that's where jo- Jonah is, that's where he's hanging out, and he, he is told by God to go to Nineveh. Nineveh is modern-day Iraq. It's modern-day Iraq, right across the river from Mosul. So if you've heard the, the city of Mosul on the news, it's right across the river from that. Really big city. And that's where he's called to go. So Jonah says, oh, okay, God, that's fantastic. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually go down to Joppa, which is not that far away, and I'm going to get a ship, and I'm going to go to the other side of the world from there. Uh, thanks, God, but no thanks. Tarshish is the last port... You can get to before you go to the atlantic ocean in their minds in this day that was the end of the world so he is getting a call from god to go here and he is saying i am going to go in the exact opposite of the direction as far as i possibly can go any of us identify with this in our lives uh for me i spent 23 years going to tarshish that's how long my journey took going to Tarshish. I was raised in a Christian family, knew about Jesus since I was in the crib, could have quoted John 3.16 when I was two years old, something like that. But for me, that process took a long, long time. And there was a bunch of things that contributed to that. One was I was a pastor's kid and I saw all sides of the church, all the good and all the bad. And I had to sort through all of that in my life. Along with that, I I had this, honestly, a selfishness as well that was there. Because what I realized about God is there's a high likelihood that God is going to ask me to do things that I don't want to do. And I had to battle with God for 23 years. Yes, I am slow on the uptake. (laughs) But I battled with him and battled with him. And, and amongst many things that I battled with him, I remember some old ladies in the church would come up to me, like by the time I was maybe like four years old, three or four years old, I can remember this image in my mind. They would go, oh, sweetie, you're so cute. Are you going to grow up and be a preacher someday like your dad? And I, I don't, I can't remember if I told them no or not, but I inwardly, I was like, no way, no way. Um, even as a little kid, I remember thinking that, no way. And so this battle goes on within me, and we all, at one point of our lives, flee to Tarshish. Point number one here is, you can run, but you can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. And Jonah goes from here. He goes, some sailors pick him up. A storm comes up on the sea. He's sleeping underneath the, the boat. He's sleeping on in the below deck. And they have to wake him up, and a storm is raging. And it's going crazy, and they cast lots, and they're trying to figure out who is the reason for this storm coming up. And Jonah, the lot is cast to him. And they go, okay, first question, who's your God? What God do you serve? And he goes, well, I happen to serve the God of the land and the sea. And they're like, oh my goodness, you you serve the God who created the land and the sea? Why in the world would you run away from him? The sailors, these guys are supposed to be pagans. They're actually a prophet to Jonah. They're actually more godly than Jonah is. They're like, why in the world would you try to run away from God? The God who created everything, you can't do that. And Jonah's like, yeah, just throw me overboard. And these guys are so noble that they, they try not to throw Jonah overboard, but eventually they do. They throw him overboard. And the next thing happens is in 117, says this, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah's put in, shall we say, a very uncomfortable situation um God has a way of doing that to us from time to time if you're like me uh you've experienced that in your life as well Here, here's my second point God is more concerned with your character than your comfort God is more concerned with your character than your comfort and in my life I had to get to the breaking point where I wasn't swallowed by a fish but um i had to get to the point where i realized i can't do this on my own and as i was even preparing for this sermon i remembered something i remembered it was 25 years ago yesterday that i decided to follow jesus with my life so just yesterday that that i celebrated that quarter of a century following jesus Um, but during that time of my life, I would describe as really feeling tension. Really feeling like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I, if I can. And underneath the surface of my life, more than anything else, I think I would describe it as lonely. I don't know if anybody else has felt that way in their spiritual journey before. But for me, that's the the. the The pit that God had to get me to to realize that I needed somebody outside of myself it was this intense feeling of loneliness and I I realized I can't do this anymore and and I some of you have heard me say this before I prayed the most inarticulate prayer ever for someone who has grown up in the church it was Jesus I'll do whatever you want me to do from here on out the the spirit behind it was okay I'm done running I'm done running from Tarshish to Tarshish. I'll do it. I'll follow you. Um, And God goes, okay, now we can start. (laughs) Now we can start. Took you a while, John, but let's go. Jonah similarly had a had a similar experience. The passage goes on to tell us this, Jonah 2, 8 through 10. Jonah's in, this, in the belly of the fish, and, and he starts to sing this song. It's a, it's a big poem that, that he sings. And toward the end of that song, he says this, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. <sniffs> God was like, okay, Jonah, I'll take it from here. Thank you. Um, and I, I, I have had these experiences in my life as well. I remember my, as my journey with God first began, having these small yeses to God. Jonah finally, in this passage, says yes. He says, okay, God, Fine. And, and I remember one of the first ones was, uh, ministry-wise, was leading a, a teen community Bible study group. Someone from Browncroft approached me and said, we need some leaders for teen community Bible study. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to. And um, they were like, but well, we really need leaders. And I was like, well, I'll think about it. So I talked with my life she, wife. She was like, oh, yeah, sure. And uh, I was like, oh, darn. Uh, so We did. We did. And uh, in that group, actually, were a couple of Browncroft staple guys here that are here, na- like, I don't know in this room right now, but yeah, I think, is Andrew over there? Andrew, there he is, look at him, Andrew Mathias, all grown up and everything, look at him, heart surgeon and stuff, it's great, so awesome, cardiologist. And, and, and uh, Brian Banowitz was in that group, bunch of guys that I just loved. I love that group of guys. And... Um, There was something that happened as i was ministering in that one hour a week that one hour a week became my favorite hour of the week hanging out with those guys talking life talking what god had to say to them all of a sudden became my favorite hour of the week until somebody came up to me and said john laura you guys would be great working with college students and once again, I said, no. And this time, it took me longer to say, you know, this, this process was longer. It was six months of no, 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 no. And then finally, I was like, oh, fine, I'll do it. Um, and I remember going into my boss. I worked at Wegmans. And uh, I worked there for 11 years. I was a manager for 10. And uh, you know, working my way up through the ranks, all of that. Loved my boss. His name was Tony. Sat down. Tony knew kind of my spiritual background and stuff. And I said, Tony, uh, yeah, I'm going to quit Wegmans and I'm going to go uh, work with college students and uh, be, a, be a minister on college campuses. And he was like, whoa, okay, John, okay. Um, uh, how are you getting paid? Is the university going to pay you? I'm like, um, no, I'm going to raise money through people who want to give to what we're doing. And uh, he's like, um, John. Serious? Straight? I mean, you could tell like he was super concerned. He goes, John, are you involved in a pyramid scheme? (laughs) Uh, Straight up. Legit. And I'm like, no, 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 honest. Uh, There's a bunch of other people that do this too, I swear. I swear. It's all over the country, really. It's, you know, lots of people are doing it. I'd never been involved with it, but I'm sure it's great. my wife and I said oh we'll give this two years right And we went to Syracuse University spent four years there uh and again that step of faith God was like I want to do things in your life that you wouldn't have expected so Jonah has this experience he says yes to God kind of reluctantly but he does it Jonah 3 3 through 5 says this Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh now Nineveh was a very large city It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God and a fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. What what does that mean? It means they were repentant. All of a sudden they just repented. Jonah in Hebrew, his sermon is five words long. Five words, that's it he's like so reluctant it takes three days to go to the city he's like a day in he's like yeah this is good enough and i'm not gonna exactly say everything that god told me to say i'll just say repent or your city will be destroyed and that's gonna have to do it and you know what it did it the ninevites all said hey we need god well we're so sorry we're repenting of our sin um and i've come across these times in my life too um jonah's learning a lesson about his ability and god showing up you know we i spent time in syracuse university for four years amazing time there that was great Uh, not all of it was great but the students were fantastic i just absolutely love the students and i think the students like me i think so they would tell me that Um, and then we got to we were asked my wife and i were asked to lead uh, rochester as a city and the campus is here in rochester and uh show up at rit and i'm doing my normal thing you know i'm like okay everybody i'm here Uh, aren't you guys glad i'm here and people are like no not really no not so happy and um i was like kind of shocked by that kind of taken aback and uh till one day i had an argument with god in the car i don't know if any of you have had an argument with god anybody but brave enough i have and uh i i really let god have it i i i yelled at god in my car i hope it's okay he didn't strike me in the moment so i i think we're all right uh but i i let him have it i said why in the world would you bring me here like i had a good thing going and why would you bring me here and after i had kind of let it all spill out it was i didn't hear an audible voice i i've never heard an audible voice from god but it's i got this sense in my spirit It was like God was saying, John, I love the people here too. And I felt like a kid that had just had a tantrum and a parent being like, all right, calm down. (laughs) And it was reorienting for me and my soul. And uh, shortly after that, I, I was looking around and I was like, okay, God, if you want me here, who do you want me investing in? Who do you want me investing in? And there was one leader who was popping out who would, every time this guy was around, people flocked. And he led the charge and he would show up every weekly meeting we had. He would show up, Bible study, he would show up. He was there. And he was just this really kind of magnetic personality. Um, And I thought that would be a great guy to invest in, Um, but I can't. And I thought, well, maybe I can, I don't know, but the problem was he was deaf. And I didn't know it, what in the world to do with that. I had no idea how to interact. And, and I knew this more. That's all I knew because we taught our kids more, you know, uh, sign language. And I didn't know anything beyond that. But I walked up to him one day after, our, after a meeting and I said, Ozzy, um, would you want to be mentored by me? and uh he was like wow yeah and over the next four years i spent learning a ton about deaf culture and learning a ton about ozzy's heart and pouring into him as much as i possibly could he actually worked on the bible translation of the asl into the bible into asl he actually helped complete that um and here's a picture of me and Ozzy a few years ago. Ozzy's in the middle; he's holding his daughter, which was super cool. I love, I love his daughter. And uh, next to Ozzy are uh, Dakota and Heidi. And Dakota and Heidi are deaf as well. And the ministry, uh, Ozzy started a deaf ministry with students on campus. And Dakota and Heidi were the first ever staff that we had join our team who were deaf. And that's not, a, that's not a John celebration story. That is not me tooting my horn. That is God at work. I am not the hero of this story. God is the hero of this story. I brought extremely little. The only thing I had was my availability to God. And so what I would say to you is your best ability is availability. Your best ability is availability. The story of Jonah goes on this way. Jonah shows up, right? He's God actually does something. You would think that Jonah would be like, this is fantastic. I've been part of the greatest revival in human history. Wow, God, thank you for using me. Thank you for transforming the lives of all these people. But Jonah pouts. (laughs) Jonah throws a hissy fit. And Jonah 4.10 or jonah 4 1 says this but to jonah this seemed very wrong and he became angry he prayed to the lord isn't this what i said lord when i was still at home that that is why i tried to forestall by fleeing to tarshish I knew that you're a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life for it is better for me to die than to live. Dramatic. Jonah is saying, God, I knew it. I knew you were so loving and merciful. You would actually have pity on these people if they turned to you. And that's the reason I didn't want to do this in the first place. It exposes Jonah's heart. And I wonder if sometimes the reason why we don't engage the way that God wants us to engage with the world around us is because we don't want to see people turn to God. We don't want to see them get the forgiveness that is really offered by jesus now none of us might jump right off the bat and say that but i just wonder how much of our lives are perhaps lived that way how much of us how many times do we not engage a particular group of people because we think ah i don't know or i don't know if they're worth it if they're worthy of this and god is bringing us back here saying no no examine your heart examine your own heart and so God gives Jonah this this lesson for him to to learn from he 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 has a vine grow up behind him and and Jonah's out on, on the edge of the city looking at it probably hoping it's gonna just get destroyed anyway by God and he's pouting and God has this vine grow up on top of Jonah and it's sheltering him from the sun and Jonah is like, ah, oh, this is so good. Oh, thank you, God, for providing this vine. And then the next day, a worm comes and eats the vine. And Jonah's like, oh, I knew it! And then this is the way the book of Jonah ends. Right here. Jonah 4, 10 to 11. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? And we're left with a cliffhanger. We don't know. How does Jonah respond? I think there's a reason for the cliffhanger. Because this story, we're supposed to read it and go, oh, I'm Jonah. That's the reason. We're supposed to put ourselves in Jonah's shoes and say, would I say yes to God? If God is asking me to take a next step, will I obey? And that's where the cliffhanger ends. We all have to ask ourselves that question. And each person in here has a different next step that God might be asking you to make. But in order to do that, I think you have to know a few things. First of all, where is your Tarshish? In other words, where do you run? What's your natural inclination to run to to distract you from God's call on your life? when you go somewhere else, and each of us can fill in that blank a different way, where do you run? We had a good conversation as a small group last week, and um, I think we as a, a small group realized we often run here, right? It's like this is our little ship we take. Well, let me just check things. Let me just scroll. Maybe I can just ignore God a little bit. Well, I, you know, did this. Oh, okay, now it's better. I am not thinking about it anymore. Each of us has... A place, if not multiple places, we run from God. What's yours? The second question you have to ask is, where's your Nineveh? This is something I can't answer for you. But where is God asking you to go? Where is God asking you to invest your life? Maybe not 50 years, but what's the next step? god has for you where is it is it a short-term trip is it showing up to an event is it is it going downtown i can't fill in those gaps exactly for you but you have a place where god is asking you to go it could even be dare i say the neighbor across the street that maybe you're like i don't really like that person that much could be a family member that you're like they freak me out um where is God asking you to go and finally I think maybe the most important question that we have how will you hear God's voice because this whole thing the whole book of Jonah is predicated on Jonah hearing God's voice and then obeying how will you hear God's voice how will you take time day in day out to hear the voice of Jesus There's a bunch of different ways that can happen, obviously in his word, obviously in the context of community. When you walked in, you saw this, most of you got one of these little cards, the send me cards. These are events that we have scheduled throughout the month as a way for you to connect with God and potentially hear God's voice. We are not setting up events just so that we can have a great turn out and make ourselves feel better like i've said before nobody wins a cruise if a certain number of people show up okay but what why we're putting on these events is so that you can go god is there a next step that you would have me take there's one as mike said in the beginning of this service thursday is the first one six o'clock we hope you'll be there um no matter where you are on your journey my prayer for you my prayer for us as a church is that we will increasingly be a people who say yes to god in our lives and then see him do amazing things here's a final closing word for you like i said i've been resistant to god for most of my life and one of the reasons why i initially was so hesitant to say yes to him was because i was gonna he i thought he was gonna ask me to do things that i didn't want to do and you know what i was right I was right he's asked me to do a lot of things i didn't want to do but over the years i've learned one thing if he asks me to do something it's for my own good it's for my own good and it's for the good of the people around me as well and i hope that as a church we will lean into that in our lives will you let me pray for you as we exit here Lord I am so grateful to be a part of this community I'm thankful for what you're doing here I'm thankful for the way that you continue to show up day after day and and Lord for this month I pray that as we as a church collectively say send me whether that's with enthusiasm or with hesitancy Lord that you will show up I pray for each person here and watching online that you will show them their next step in connecting with you and taking the gospel message through our community into the world thank you jesus for this amazing group of people we prayed in your name amen